So, Storm in X-Men, what is something that you know about Storm or that you've decided is true in Storm's backstory that nobody else knows? Storm and Logan used to be lovers. Oh, you've decided that. Yeah, it's true. We, Storm and Logan had a thing. What was their relationship like? Uh, wonderful for a time. And then I got, you know, when he really decided that Jean Grey was his, that caused oh. a problem. Was Storm's heart broken by Wolverine? Yes. Yeah. Were the claws a problem? No, the claws <laughs> were good. <laughs> but the, having two girls at once thing, that didn't work for, that doesn't work for Storm. That doesn't work for Storm. No, and no. that's true. In the last movie that I was in, we had a whole scene where they had a kiss. It never made the movie. But, so what I'm telling you is true. This oh, This is wow. the backstory that we came up with for Storm. Well, Hugh and I did for Storm, that they had a thing. Because I joke in the movies, I'm like, how come nobody's loving on Storm? Like, what, like what's wrong with Storm? Right. No, nobody is checking She looks Storm. just like Halle Berry. Why is she not getting any action? <laughs> so we decided that Storm and Logan had a, had okay. a thing, and then Gene came and messed that up. You know what is absolutely true, according to the Marvel canon, that Storm and Black Panther Kind of thing, yes. Two people know that, though. That's, yeah. They don't know about Logan. And here we go. It's the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic book. It's the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies, where Nerd is the new bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. What's up? And we have a special guest today. We also have a guest with us today, Christian Hall. Uh, Christian, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Christian Hall. I live in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, well, married. I have a I'm father of uh, six children. Um, I, I work two full-time jobs. I work about 80 to 90 hours a week. And uh, my side uh, job is uh, my own comic book company. Uh, I, I'm the head of Second Coming Comics, uh, a, a newer uh, indie comic. We have uh, four issues out and working on our fifth one. It's going to come out in uh, October. Awesome, because I've seen, I've seen you posting you know, promotion material and, and artwork of your, your book for like like a, a, a long time. So I like to say, how you been? How long have you been running Second uh, Second Coming Comics? Um, I've been running it for. Uh, I've been uh, working on it since 2008, uh, getting issues out, uh, but since about '93, I'm really working on it. Wow, so, you, so you you're 25 years deep in this? Yes, sir. Wow. Okay, so. So you've seen the transition from print to digital. You've seen the whole thing. Yes, I have. Gotcha. So let me like you this. Like I said, you seem like you've been doing this for a while. Like I said, you've been working a long time. You got a second job on doing all this. 
So when you originally started doing it, like what what got you into doing this? What made you want to, you know, create your own books? Um, in the comic books a long time ago, my mother used to uh, go ahead and buy them. Uh, used to read Spider-Man, X-Men. Um, got into comic books, a lot of cartoon animations, uh, growing up on Spider-Man, Amazing Friends and everything. Uh, and then I used to just uh, do little comic, thick comic books uh, when I was younger. And it's just something from there that I just uh, continued to want to do. Gotcha. So what 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 side are you on? Like how how far are you in the industry? Like are you are you doing the artwork and the writing, or are you just doing the writing part? It's like what all you you uh, involved with in the in the issue creating? Um, I'm the writer and creator of most uh, all the characters and everything. Uh, the artwork is done by um, Barry Barry Wong of, uh, in Indonesia, and um, I have a colorist Juan uh, Kakra. Uh, also in Indonesia, and we just uh, send the information, uh, you know, write the script, send it to him, and he draws it up and sends it back to me. Okay. Have they been with you since 93? No, they have been with me since, um, uh, I want to say about four years now. Um, four years. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and my so- cousin, uh, me and my cousin, uh, Danielle Robinson, we worked on the characters uh, from 93 to about uh, 97. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically you got, uh, let me guess, you got connected with the guys in Indonesia through the internet, through social media? Yes, through Facebook. Awesome, awesome. So let me ask you this. Like I said, I know you're doing print. It is 2017 now. Uh are you still like just involved in just print, you know, trying to get out to the comic shops or are you doing like a digital format also trying to get it, get your books around that way? Um, still, I do, uh, I do go through digital. I have all the issues on digital as well. Um, but, uh, do print, but local, mostly local right now. Uh, okay. with the local comic book uh, shops in Pittsburgh. Gotcha. So you got you got all your books in Pittsburgh. Okay. So now let me ask you this. Now this is this is a real question I want to ask you. Like I said, you're an indie comic and they do have some other comics out there right now. So what separates you from the competition? Specifically the big two. Um one of the ones is is that uh, most of the characters are black. Um that's that's one of them. Second thing is is uh a little, uh, one, uh, I have like an old school style, the stuff that I pretty much, um, I grew up on. Uh, a, little, uh, a lot of action, uh, with a storyline to it. Um, it's just about how it was back when I was growing up. Uh, I, I love that style more of what's going on today. Got you. And well, last question I'm going to ask you, like writing influence, I know you said you're a writer, writing influence. Who would you say be your biggest influence comic book writing wise? Oh, biggest influence, um, probably, I'm Stanley, although more, uh, I would probably say Stanley. Good answer, good answer. Uh, like I said, when I dabbled in the comic writing for a little while, I would also say Stanley was one of my, you know, influences also. Uh, basically, he was really the first, if not one of the first, if not the first writer to actually put, you know, personality into the comic characters where before everything was just everybody pretty much had the same personality you know superhero wise but he's the one that actually gave different personalities character flaws you know uh 
you know, character issues where they interact with it within each other. So, yeah, that's that's a good thing to learn. So, like I said, if uh, if anybody never heard an interview from Comic Book Bullies, we're going to do things a little bit differently than what you've heard before. We're not going to just drag this out for a good hour where we're going to do the interview. We're going to pepper this in through the entire interview. And while we're doing this, we're going to let Christian sit in with the uh, whole podcast. That way people that are listening to him can understand what kind of creator he is, how his thought process works. And, you know, definitely here is, you know. Uh, check out his information later on because we have his information down in the links. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, good to have you on board, Chris. I'm going to hit you with some questions later on, just ask your opinion just on some things right now. I do want to uh, let everybody know that the situation in Houston is still going on right now. I know you probably don't hear it up in the news right now, but I just met an evacuee from Houston today, even though you're probably going to hear this the day after, but today. Uh, and she showed me pictures of her house. She had an eight-foot fence. And the water level was so high, the eight-foot fence looked out about half an inch. So that's how high the water is right now. Matter of fact, the city has been evacuated, and they're not even letting people back into the city right now until the water subsides. Boats are going around picking up people right now. So, yeah, Houston is still in a bad situation right now. Um, so if anybody out there, definitely do. I know you heard some stuff in the news. Yeah, definitely pray for Houston, but do for Houston also if you can that's all I'm going to say on that matter. Uh, anybody else have anything to add? No, I think you got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. Ditto. I'll be praying. I will definitely yeah, Chris, I know, I know you're like way away from there. I'm, I'm not in Houston, but I think I'm closer to Houston than anybody else, even though I'm not really close either. It's been like slightly raining stuff out here. But, yeah, it was pretty bad because the thing about this lady that showed me these pictures from Houston, she was actually evacuee from Katrina, which I do remember, and I'm kind of close to. So she evacuated from Katrina when that happened to houston for that happened then she came to where i'm at so i'm like wow I'm, i feel bad for this I, I hope everything for her her family and everybody out in houston right now yeah that being said eli did anybody die um like celebrity wise <laughs> nice going yeah, going from celebrity. going from the hurricane to <laughs> right right i mean like celebrity wise i want to know if anybody's on the list that i miss you know um i can't recall anyone Anyone that I care about right now? I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was somebody, but no, nobody we know of. A famous boxer passed away. I don't know the. I, I, I just scroll through uh, Facebook. I don't really know the name, but there was a famous boxer that passed away. Wow. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, whenever Christian gets the name of that. Now, moving on from that, we are uh, always going to start off with this. <laughs> That's fucked up, but still. <laughs> Uh, moving on from that, like I said, we're always going to go to the next part of the podcast that we always, in tradition, even though it definitely seems to be dying down and not as popular as it used to be, we're going to go to the box office numbers and just going to go through the top five real quick. We have number one with uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, you know, the Deadpool and, and Nick Fury movie. Yeah, 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 whatever. It's doing pretty good. Uh, Annabelle Creation, uh, Eli's movie. Um, Eli, right. people be like, damn, it seemed like it went back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's horror, horror always does all right. You know, there's always an audience for horror movies. Yeah, I mean, low budget. I mean, you know, it's low. It's you know, it's it's always going to be a profit margin because it's always they putting in low money in it and always get high return. So low risk, high reward. Can't beat that. Uh, number three, your movie Wind River. Uh, oh, I've been right, seeing right. some good reviews about Wind River. It's been, you know, I know you told me about it earlier, Eli, but it seems like it's it's starting to build steam now. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets Oscar attention. I mean, it's it's a really good flick. So. Yeah. 
Uh, number three, we have Leap. I think that's some kind of cartoon or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Lucky, the the somebody somebody movie. I don't know who that is. I know Daniel Craig is in it, but I can't remember. Soderbergh. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Soderbergh. Maybe Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. So we got Dunkirk, we got Spider-Man: Homecoming, we got the Emoji Movie, we got Speak with Me Three, we got the Nut Job, blah 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 blah. Notice that the movies that I didn't name were Wonder Woman, which seems to have uh, fallen out, and I'm pretty sure Wonder Woman is is almost on its way out. So let's look at some of the numbers real quick on the comic book movies we have here. So like I said, we have uh, Wonder Woman sitting pretty at. 8:13, looking at 4:09. Look like it's probably gonna hit 4:10 before it before it's out the theaters. And then Spider-Man: Homecoming, we have. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Mm, 7:47. Let's see as far as Spider-Man movies. Let's see where it ranks. Eli, guess where it ranks in Spider-Man movies? Is it number two? <laughs> no, it's number four. Yeah. So you know what this means. It has beaten both of the Garfield movies. All right, then. Yeah. Not, no, not Spider-Man 3, though? It didn't no, Spider-Man. not Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> It might catch Spider-Man 3. It's very possible it might catch Spider-Man 3, but it's not going to be the Garfield movies. That's all I care about. Because so. <laughs> those movies fucking suck. Uh, now, like I said, moving on. Now, notice that we there's a movie we didn't name that seemed to be a, a big controversy. Uh, Eli, notice we didn't name the Inhumans. Yeah, I heard it was – was it this weekend it was released in IMAX? Yeah, it was released in IMAX. But the thing is, that's like no IMAX theater near me, so I didn't get a chance to see it at all. You know, uh, Like the nearest one is three hours away. I'm pretty sure you have one close to you. And I'm, Let me guess. Did you see it? I did not go, no. I figured you didn't. <laughs> I could have been waiting on that. Chris, did you get a chance to see Inhumans, or did you even know where Carrie Inhumans was out? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to see it. I didn't even know it was out yet. Yeah, that, what I'm hearing, like I said, I hate to put rumors out there and hear saying stuff like that, but what I mean, a lot of reviewers are coming out right now, and they're saying it's pretty much the worst thing Marvel has ever done. Even worse than Iron Fist, which I thought fucking sucked. And the funny thing about it, uh, they have the same showrunner, so it kind of makes sense, you know. <laughs> and I just saw, I just saw posted just a little bit ago that it's Rotten Tomato score is sitting what, what was- at is sitting at a whopping. Zero percent. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what the fuck, Marvel? What the fuck? I, I wonder does it have anything to tie into Agents of Shield? Because you know Agents of Shield had the Inhumans run around. So like, and I'm I'm pretty sure it does because it ties into A A B C. But the thing is, no one has ever gave a shit about the Inhumans. Like back in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, I don't give a fuck what year they are. Nobody cares. Marvel couldn't get to push the X Men, so they tried to shove the Inhumans down our throat for the longest. Didn't care. Kevin Feige, once he finally got control of Marvel over Perlmutter, he's like, uh, I don't give a fuck about Inhumans. You do whatever you want to. Put them on a TV show and that's it. So now that they're, they're trying to make Inhuman happen no matter what, even though nobody cares. They are not interesting at all. So I don't know why they keep making them happen. But anyway, this show is going to happen. Once it completely flops, we can completely be done with the Inhumans. Maybe the next uh, Marvel event will be Death of the Inhumans. You know, <laughs> probably nobody will buy that either, but at least we'll be done with them, you know. Uh, yeah. Moving on from that. So, like I said, that was the box office. Nothing big from that. I guess we can move on to the next, uh, to the small screen. Uh, Eli, guess what I did this week? What'd you do? I got bored and I decided to watch Death Note. Oh, you were that bored? I was that bored. Yeah. 
I was just sitting at the house, and I was like, uh, I, it's it's there. I have Netflix. Had two hours to kill. I've never heard of anything about the anime or the. All I've been hearing is that people are saying that it is the worst movie of all time. It is. Do not watch it. Whatever your eyes will bleed if you watch Death Note because it's so inaccurate and it's so boring. They got everything wrong. So I was almost scared to watch it because I kept hearing these things. So I was like, eh, fuck it. It, what's the worst that could happen if I just watch the movie? It's not like I'm going to die from it if I just watch the movie. So I sat down and I watched it. And you know what? It was okay. You liked it? <laughs> it was okay. It was it was entertaining. For the two hours I watched it, I was just like, okay. That was cool. You know, and cut off and didn't think twice about it. I, did, I didn't die from it. My eyes didn't bleed. You know, I didn't get pissed off. I didn't throw anything at the remote. It was just a movie, you know. Well, bless your heart. Really, bless your heart. Yeah, nothing to really get you know, uh, you know, outraged over, you know, and like that. And I don't. And I, I was trying to wrap my head around like, so why were people saying that this movie, you know, was so terrible and so awful, so like that? Like, like Chris, have, have you heard about the Death Note movie that was out? I heard about it. Uh, I just don't really have time to watch a bunch of things, but I, I've I mean, yeah, seen I know with the ninety hours and six kids and, and the comic book, <laughs> I, I imagine, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard a little bit of uh, that it was inaccurate, and I heard that it wasn't that good. That's uh, about all the reviews I've got on it. Right, but here's the thing: is being inaccurate really a knock? Because let's let's look at it. Okay, like I said, I don't I don't know any. I've never watched the anime before the movie, but is but I've seen plenty of comic book movies, plenty of times. Some of the comic book movies are like very good. Some of them, some of my favorite, and they haven't been in accurate at all like not even a little bit like look at uh uh guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy is not even close to being accurate you know if you read the comic books and you read the like none of the case other than rocket rocket is the only character they kind of remotely get right but the rest of them miss the mark completely like drax is not a is not a a comedian or some kind of doofus he is just a one-track minded killing machine. All he cares about is Thanos. If even if the Guardians get in his way of stopping Thanos, he will run through them to get to Thanos. That's just how he is. They can't trust him because he's just a wild card. They don't know. Gamora, she is the deadliest woman in the galaxy. Can anybody really call Zoe Saldana the deadliest woman in the galaxy with a straight face? No, you can't do it. You know. Uh Star Lord. Star Lord is not some kind of man child space bird in the comic books. No, he is like a decorated war vet and the Guardians join the team just because of his name alone. And he's just as ruthless as everybody else because he would do mind control on them if he can, you know, try to get them to do what they want to do. He's like really dirty and underhanded. You know, he's not some kind of doofus that doesn't know what's going on half the time. So but you know, they kind of throw that stuff out the window to kind of give us like a kitty version of the Guardians to make it Disney so- like that. So what you're saying is Guardians is better than Death Note? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I see, what you're I see what you're saying. Yes. At the end of the day, you do have to make a good movie. But here's the thing: like, if you take away the anime, like, if you just like, I just watched the movie on its own. I had no frame of reference. I had no Death Note anime to compare it to. I just watched a two-hour movie, and that was it. From what I saw, I was like, it was entertaining. First off, I just give you some uh, background on the movie. What I saw. Like I said, they had some kind of deaf demon. Willem Dafoe was a deaf demon. Pretty cool. I mean, he he's willing to phone it up, and you know, I got my money's worth from it. Uh, that you know, that skinny black dude from Atlanta. I don't I don't know his name. Whatever. Uh, that guy. He was the bad guy slash antagonist slash whatever. He was in the movie. You know, he was playing as a detective trying to catch stuff like that. So all those guys gave good performances. They, you know, 
they changed up the plot, I guess. But like I said, from what I saw, it was cool. It was kind of like it was kind of like Final Destination, basically. Like he was writing notes in the book and stuff like that, and they would just Final Destination up. You know, a ladder goes through a guy's head, or one guy flies off the roof, stuff like that. So they had like some cool death scenes, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that's entertaining. You know, yeah. one of the best movie in the world. But yeah, it, it's what I expect from a Netflix. You know, I wasn't expecting Shawshank Redemption or whatever the fuck these anime fans were expecting. You know, it kind of sounds like how the Dark Tower is right now. Where, like, if, if you were a fan of Dark Tower books, you were going to hate the movie. But if you haven't read the books, people seem to like it. Like, people who haven't read the books seem to like the movie. But uh, but hardcore fans are like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, but isn't that what these movies are made for? They're made to, you know, to gravitate to a, a larger audience? You know, that's what I would figure. You know, in a I, think way, I mean, I, yeah, th- to a certain extent. But you also have to, like, satisfy the core audience, like the fan, who are the fans. If you're just going to take the source material and throw it out the window and d- don't give anything remotely familiar to the fans, you know I mean? Yeah. Then you're going to alienate that audience. You know, so. But they do this stuff all the time. Like how many comic book movies have been accurate? Like really, really accurate. Like most of them are not. Most of them miss the mark altogether. Yeah. Know? But it still gives you, you know, it still gives you the, the general synopsis where that fans, recognize yeah i love 89 batman you know and he was killing people and shit and it's not remotely you know like how batman like is in the Joker comics but it was still cool stuff, he wasn't right. running he wasn't pink or anything you know <laughs> it was still batman <laughs> i still recognize it as batman you know what i'm saying and if you know it didn't change it to so where i didn't recognize it you know and that's what i'm hearing about death note it was like it was like they turned it into almost like a love story i hear like, if there's, like, a love story going on. There, there's I, a love story yeah. in it. And I like the love story <laughs> part of it. I know it's not I know it's not canonical and stuff like that, you know, when it's heresy. But I thought it was a nice twist to it because the love story didn't play out how you thought it was going to play out. It was a big part of the plot. I knew they just threw it in there for no reason. Because here's the thing. I actually went back, and after I watched the Netflix show, I realized, I mean, after watching the Netflix movie, I looked on Netflix. I'm like, oh, the entire series is on Netflix. So I decided to watch a little bit of it, watch like the first 10 shows. You know what I thought, Eli? Of Death Note? Yeah, yeah, oh. the, the anime. Okay. Yeah, the whole thing is on Netflix. So I watched like the first 10, it's like 37 episodes. I watched the first 10, and I was like, eh, this shit sucks. And I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn, I'm not an anime guy, man. Like, we're the comic book bullies. We're not the anime hentai bullies. I don't give a fuck about anime, you know. And even if, you, I mean, it was like, you know what it reminded me of, Eli? It reminded me of watching a Metal Gear cutscene where I couldn't press start. I was like, man, Herb and Paul's past this shit because there was no action in it whatsoever. It was just like the little anime, you know, guy yelling and shit like that and little tropes and stuff going on right there. Had the dumbass anime music. I don't give a fuck about that shit, man. And then on top of that, uh, I'm like, man, if you're going to give me an anime that I got to sit there and watch, give me some shit. Where some shit blows up every five minutes, you know. Give me some Dragon Ball Z or One Punch Man, you know. I could sit through that shit, you know. Even if I don't know what the fuck going on, I could just see some shit blowing up. Death Note, there was like no killing, like all the killing was like done on the screen. You just he tells you he killed a bunch of people. At least in the movie, you know, you see people getting their heads chopped off and stuff like that. You're like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know. You wait for the next kill to come on. The movie, the cartoon, you see none of that shit. It's just like thirty minutes of just talking, 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 talking. So. Be honest with you, Eli, and I don't give a fuck who listened to this. Who says it? I like the movie better. Well, there you go. I mean, because the thing about it, you got 
37 episodes of shit that they cram pretty much in two hours. Uh, really, it tells you everything you need to know. Tell you who the good guy is. Tell you who the bad guy is. Tell you who the demon is. Tell you what the rules of the Death Note is. Tell you who the father is. Tell you who the subplot is. Like that, you, you know the general idea. So when I'm watching the, the TV show and I already watched the movie, I'm like, okay, I know who this guy is. I know where this is gonna happen. But they take ten episodes to get to the point that the movie got to in like you know 15, 30 minutes. You know. I'm like, I, now speaking of Death Note. Yeah. Uh, you read Secret Empire, didn't you? <laughs> we're gonna get there we're gonna get there <laughs> i have a lot to say about that i got, I got a lot to unload with that so i gotta i gotta build up to that you know <laughs> and you know like i said one more thing i'm gonna get about death note i'm gonna just leave death note alone i don't give a fuck you know now did you hear another thing about it being whitewashed eli um vaguely i yeah vaguely yeah, you know, people up know but it's whitewash. You know, it's an anime and stuff like that. You know, it's it's white. I don't think it's whitewash because when I was watching the the anime, the dude looked white. You know, he had like you know brunette hair and stuff like that, and he, you know, he you had said, like a regular ass name. Like, and there's a you said there's a black dude in it, so you know. So was it blackwashed? I don't know. Well, <laughs> now here's my thing. Said, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the ghost of the shell situation. It's not ghost of the shell because. <laughs> Because I think people throw around that whitewashing term a little bit too much because I, I don't think it was whitewashed. I think it was Americanized. I, there's a difference between that because, like I said, it wasn't set in New Japan. It wasn't set in Japan. You know, you weren't surrounded by a whole bunch of Asian dudes and you don't white dude in it. No, it was set in Seattle. You know, it was set in, and you know, it was none but white people in Seattle. It was always rain and stuff like that. You know, uh, yeah, the black dude that was, he was Asian, I guess, in the, in the cartoon, but it is, he's black. So it was just American because I'm gonna give you another example. The Ring, The Ring, you know, was a, a a Japanese movie that was adapted, you know, to be an American. I don't consider that whitewash. It was just an American, you know, American remake. That's all it was, and that's how I feel about the movie. It was just an American remake. Now, now the, where Ghost in the Shell failed, it really was whitewashed because they did put the shit in like some kind of uh Japan scenario. Uh, she was surrounded by a whole bunch of Asians. She was on the white woman, and on top of that, she was literally whitewashed. Yeah. At the end of the movie, they revealed that yes, she used to be an Asian woman. Then they turned around and made a white woman. So yes, that's whitewashing in every sense of the word you can uh, completely say. So that's why I say Ghost in the Shell uh, was accused of whitewashing, where Death Note really wasn't. I don't think so. You know, at the end of the day, I think these fans just getting their panties in a bunch. And, and putting these movies on a high pedestal, they shouldn't be anywhere. Because I think anime itself was, eh. It's kind of like, you know, how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. How everybody say, oh, these new ones are nothing like the old classics. The old classics, they were, you know, breakdancing to Vanilla Ice and shit. That wasn't no fucking classic. Like, people rating these movies. That 80s cartoon, that shit fucking sucked, man. It was a fucking 30-minute uh, uh, toy commercial. That's all it was. So I think we, we overrating this shit way higher than it was supposed to be. This shit isn't high art. The shit back then was made for kids. The shit now was made for kids. You know, uh, the anime was so so whatever like that. And this was just Americanized for people that don't like anime, which is the rest of the world. You know, believe it or not, everybody don't give a fuck about anime. You know, that's just me. Have I, have I ran about this shit enough? Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right I, I want to I want to talk about this Funny Bones character because I've been looking at Christian's uh, shit online. And uh, this Wait, who? I see I seen this picture of this Funny Bones character. Who is who is Funny Bones? Uh, Christian, one of the 
one of the characters in the second coming comic universe hasn't been revealed yet. So I can't give too much about him. Um, oh, but, come uh, on, give us an exclusive. <laughs> He's you heard it here. One of the villains. Uh, so that's about as much as I can give. Uh, so he's, uh, uh, most of the characters I've, I've just given like a little preview, uh, will reveal a lot more as, as the story goes on and people are introduced into the story. Okay. Okay. So we can't so get too much away. Yeah. So is this Vasion comic that, that you do it? Is that, is that the newest one or has it been going on a while? Um, like, uh, it's been going on a while. Like, just like I said, there's only four issues out right now. Uh, the first, uh, one was in three parts. Um, it's an introduction of one of the villains. Um, and, uh, right now it's more what's going on, uh, as, uh, we introduced Glock, uh, in the three part episode of, uh, what is transpiring as the story continues to go on. Can you give us like a brief synopsis of what the, the comics, the, the, the brief storyline or whatever? Just give us a brief description. Uh, yes, I can give you a brief, uh, yes, definitely. Um, the Asian all-out war is about power, um, uh, an ancient beast, a, a creature of the past that has lived through the course of time, um, where the uh, uh, government, special government, uh, the Enforce Council has uh, gone ahead and um, put together uh, their military and went after, after the ancient beast, uh, went ahead, it's like three parts of just nonstop action. Uh, there's a little synopsis at the beginning that tells exactly what's going on up to this point. But uh, it's the introduction of one of the villains of the story, and then it continues on in book four, uh, five days later after uh, the war in um, South Africa, and then goes ahead and introduces Glock, going ahead infiltrating and um, stopping... Uh, um, undercover uh, a shipment of weapons that are coming in and he uh, spoils the plans there so just a that's about what's going on in the story there's more to it but I don't want to give away too much I want like people to read it and see what, see what people think of it okay. now you're saying you have four issues out or you have four different titles uh, four issues Okay, um, and and the name of the uh, the book is called Vasion. The first three is uh, All Out War. Um, the fourth one is uh, in three parts as well, uh, but it starts as um, exposed issue uh, one out of three. Gotcha. Okay, so it's like a like a, a limited series. Uh, limited series, but it's an ongoing series. So all the stories are connected. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Now, so since all the story connected is a limited series, let's say if you move from one arc to the next arc, will the story, like, will the name of the arc change or the story change or anything like that? Um, the story might change a little bit depending on where we're, what direction we're heading. Um, oh, like the like yeah. the name of the story, I meant to say, you know. No, the book, uh, the title is Vision. Uh, that's the group uh, that is being introduced. It's uh, eleven members and one. In one group, they all come together and they all fight different villains and different uh, things are going to be happening uh, going on. Is there any like main characters or is it more of like a team book? It's a, it's a team. Okay. 
cool. Yeah, they're, okay. all, look, they're all pretty colorful. I mean, the center mask guy looks pretty cool. Wielding double. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been seeing his yeah. artwork, you know, on there for at least about a year now, maybe longer than that, you know. So he's always, you know, promoting different characters and different things like that. So that's why I, you know, had him on to kind of find out more about, you know, what was going on with the book. So, yeah, definitely some good information on there. Uh, yeah. All right. So, like I said, now that we're in the comic book section, I'll probably have, you know, Christian talk more about, you know, what he has coming up with the Bayesian line also. But the book I want to now, Eli, before I get started, you said you didn't read anything, right? Uh, yeah, I'm behind. I'm about a week behind on my polls. So. Uh, OK, no problem. I was able to sneak in a few books and stuff like that. So I, one book I do really want to talk about right now is uh, Black Panther 17. Now, like I said, Christian, I know you're super, 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 super busy. Have you been keeping up with the Black Panther book at all? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no problem. Well, let me ask you this before I get started. What have you been hearing about the Black Panther book? I haven't heard anything about the Black Panther book. Um, uh, right now, I'm just more into the movies. Uh, when they come out, I try to go ahead. Uh, the first weekend on the Saturday, me and uh, a bunch of comp uh, guys we go and see the movie on the, on the Saturday, and we all come out and give our little intake on it. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Pretty good about that. So, like I said, well, I guess I'm going to like spoil a whole bunch of shit for you right now. Uh, now, remember, Eli, like I said, a month ago, I had like some whole rage I had built up that I was saving for issue 17, so I'll see how it goes in it, because issue 17 was the book that I was waiting for that actually came to head. So now, basically, what, what number is this yeah, now? Where are they at? Uh, this, is, this is 17. Okay, remember that first okay. arc that was going on where Wakanda was being overthrown and stuff like that, so that's done. Yeah, I'm you know, trying to done. remember what happened. Is this where Black Widow got killed? Last I heard. No, this is Black Panther. Oh, Black. Oh, we're talking about Black Panther. Oh, <laughs> we're talking about Black Panther. <laughs> I know. I know you will get the Secret Empire. We're gonna get the Secret Empire. Okay. I have a yeah, lot Black of shit to say about that. We will get there. <laughs> like okay, this, so yeah. Just, yeah, so I just get through Black Panther as quick as possible. So basically, what Black Panther is going through right now, like I said, you know how the uh, the old monarchy fell down, so now they're in a democracy right now. Well, now we have some other shit going on right now. Now, all of the gods of Wakanda are gone. Like, nobody knows what happened to them. They disappeared. Now, in their wake, this prophet has appeared and saying, all your gods have left you. Now, there's only one god here, and he is the one true god that has twice fallen and twice risen, that is Save you didn't even know who saved you. His name is Safako Sirako. I, mean, I don't have the name in front of me right now, but basically he's saying he's his prophet. And you know, and uh, you know, Black Panther has his spies around stuff like that, and they report back to us like that. Like this dude is like, like straight being blasphemous out here. You know, he's saying that the the Wakandan gods are gone, and there's this new god showing up like that. And it's like, well, we'll deal with him later on. Tell you what, uh, I'm gonna send my sister out there. She's gonna take care of him. I got some other shit I got to take care of. And basically the other shit he got going on is that he has Storm with him. Yeah, you know, his ex-wife Storm, they're trying to, you know, rekindle the flame, stuff like that. But he said before they get to that level, they have some other stuff they got to take care of. So they go to this uh, this other city in Wakanda. And for some reason, this city in Wakanda has been raining for two weeks. And, yeah, for it to be raining for two weeks with flooding in Africa, that seems kind of weird. Which is one reason why he got his ex-wife Storm involved with it, because he was like, for one thing, you know, it has something to do with the old gods. You know, it has something to do with Storm. So Storm should have to have something to do with both of that. But he wants to let Storm know. He was like, uh, Storm, you've been gone a long time, so just want to let you know that the people of Wakanda kind of worship you as a god. So don't take it too 
too don't make it too big of a deal. She's like, wait, what? You're like, yeah, don't get too big of a deal on it. So when she find when they finally go to the city stuff like that, whenever anybody sees Storm, they bow and kneel before her. You know, they call her the uh Parada Yah. I'm completely screwing the name of whatever it is, but basically they call her the Cloud Water. They're basically saying she's like some ancient African or Wakandan myth of some air walker that comes through and, you know, restores balance for things going on. She's like, well, y'all putting too much stuff on me. First, you're calling me the queen. Then you're calling me the goddess. Then you're calling me the cloud bringer. Y'all throwing too much at me right now. I, I just came here, you know, to talk to my ex-husband and said, y'all throwing too much at me. She's like, no, you got to help us, goddess. You got to help us. So she's like, okay, whatever. So they go to this, uh, because the, the heart of the storm, the eye of the storm has some kind of light coming down where some kind of spider demons are coming out and are attacking, you know, the, the village people. So they go down there and they fight and stuff like that. But some reason these spider demons, whatever like that, they hit everybody with like these crazy mental psychic texting, like take everybody out real quick. But of course, you know, Black Panther recovers real quick because his suit has anti-psychic abilities because, you know, why not? You know, he's Wakanda. Storm, on the other hand, she recovers because, you know, X, you know, psychic powers don't work on the X-Men unless you own some Professor X or above level. So that shit doesn't face her either. So. They fight off the spider demons, you know, with the dogs of war, stuff like that. And Storm gets like, okay, I'm tired of this fight and shit like that. And she just start hitting lightning with the spider demons and shit like that. And they run off, you know, run off stuff like that. And then uh, the Black Panther and the dogs of war, they, you know, rescue the kidnapped villages they have. And, they, you know, they take them back to the village, stuff like that. So when they take them back to the village, you know, Storm at first didn't want to be, you know, she said being a goddess was too much of a burden and stuff like that. She didn't want that. And she was like, I, I didn't sign up for this. And Black Panther was like, oh, really? Did you tell Professor X that when he came and got you out of Africa to, you know, just go to X-Men? You're like, yeah, you got a point. So when she goes back to the African village, you know, that she works, but at first she didn't want the, you know, the prestige of all stuff like that. She's like, you know what? It's cool. I, I'll be your goddess like that. So what she does, she decides to float in the air. And the storm is going on for like two or three weeks. She just snaps her finger and the storm just lifts up and it's nothing but, you know, uh, sun beaming down on her and everybody else. You know, everybody, you know, praise storm, praise Aurora, you know, whatever they call her name, stuff like that. So she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll appreciate being a God, but I'm still me. I'm scared of the person that, you know, that believes they're a God and the worship as a God. So remember I was telling you about Shuri at the beginning of the story, how she was going to take care of the, the people being blasted and stuff like that. Well, it cut to Shuri. And she killed everybody. And she didn't even realize how she did. She's like, oh shit, I didn't do that. And that's how the book ends. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to have this whole rant and stuff like that. Like that. But you know, it's, I, I see what Colts is trying to do. He's trying to piece Storm and Black Panther slowly back together. He's trying to mend them back together because he like, can I tell you a deep, dark secret that the black nerds don't want you to know? Uh oh. Is this like a secret handshake? It, it, it's kind of is like the secret handshake. I shouldn't tell you this. I might disappear if I tell you this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because <laughs> you have a temporary cookout pass, so I'll tell you this anyway. Okay, so <laughs> here is the the deep, dark secret. A lot of black nerds hate the Black Panther and Storm relationship. Okay. Don't like it. Can't stand it. They think it was forced. They think it was shoehorned. They think it ruined both characters, and they were actually happy when it ended. Even though a lot of people think the only reason they ended was because, you know, the whole Fox and Marvel thing. But some people think that they just didn't work as a couple. They should have never been put together. And Storm is better off with, guess what? They think Storm is actually better off with Wolverine. Like, that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I read an 80s comic book like Days of Future Past. Wolverine tried to stab her. So how the fuck is that supposed to be her soulmate, you know? 
So <laughs> that's the shit I don't understand. And on top of that, I'm sick of what Marvel is doing with Storm, like in general, because they just passing her around the X-Men like, like you know, she's uh, common cold or something like that. First, you got your boy, Forge, you know, then you got her with Wolverine now. Uh, then she had something going on with Cable back in the 90s. Uh, she has something going on with Nightcrawler. Like, what the hell? Now she's messing with Gambit in the book. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on, man? I'm tired of Marvel treating someone like a fucking thot. She's not a thot. She is a goddess. So I don't want to see all this shit with every single book she's messing around with, every single Ickman except Rogue. You know, I, what the fuck is going on here? She's supposed to be a leader. She's not supposed to be jumping around in everybody's best like that. So if you're going to put her with Black Panther, put her with Black Panther. Don't have her messing around with everybody else going around stuff like that. So that's all I got to say about the Black Panther book. Hopefully Marvel figure this shit out and Coates can figure this shit because I got my issues with Coates. Coates is boring ass writer, and sometimes he does some wild ass shit in his writing. And I don't know where he's going with this paganism, one true god type deal that he he's going on. He's going to first people pissed off with the political shit he was doing with this. Now he's going to religion stuff with this. So I don't know where Coates is headed with this stuff right now. So I'm, we, we'll I'm see. sure you'll find out in three more months. <laughs> Maybe, maybe six or seven. You know how Coates is. <laughs> he just wrapped up his first he's, arc like about. He's two leading. Ago. He's leading up to the wedding. It's going to be the wedding this year. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, when the movie. Mark, it's going to be right when the movie drops too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a Clark Kent Lois Lane type deal, or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I said, okay. So we're done with Black Panther. Like I said, that was that. Now we can talk to the book of the week, and we can talk about Secret Empire 10. And when I mean Secret Empire 10, I mean the last issue. This is 10 of 10. This is the oh, last book in the story. I thought yeah. it was supposed to be like 12. Well, it, it? It, it, was 10, it was 10, but I think they may have like some aftermath books and stuff like that. But anyway, this book is the ending. This is the end of the story. Christian, like I said, I know you're busy. 90 hours. Six kids. <laughs> <laughs> Four books going on, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> so have you been keeping up with Secret Empire at all? No, I haven't. Uh, I heard a little bit about it. I heard it was actually um, pretty good, but that's about all I know of it. Okay. Uh, we've been back and forth about that. Eli hadn't read anything about it. I'm telling you about it. And pretty much every other book, I say this book is awesome. Then the next book after this book sucks. So I don't know how I feel. <laughs> about Secret Empire. It's like every other book, you know. Uh, I skipped the review of Issue 9 because we had some stuff going on. I don't know what we were talking about then. So I'm just going to briefly talk about Issue 9 very, very briefly before I go into Issue 10. So basically, give you some background on Issue 9. Uh, like I said, the Avengers were able to free the Inhumans, the Alpha Flight, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Champions, the Defenders, the, the New Warriors. <laughs> She, I don't know who the, whoever the fuck. They all team together. They're going to take out Hydra in Washington, D.C. So they all team together. They're going to take people out. Black Panther was kidnapped in like last issue. He gets free by Bucky. Uh, the X-Men were captured. They get free. So they just start fucking up Hydra. Take down Hydra. No big deal. Like, oh, okay, we won. We won. We won. We good. Nope. It's not that easy. Beginning of this book, all of a sudden, you got one guy standing in front of the entire Marvel Universe, and it's Captain America. Now, the reason he's able to do this because right when Hydra was getting their ass kicked by you know, the Avengers Defenders and the Alpha Flight and blah, 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 whatever, all them Zoda was like, Cap, we need you to come with me because you're too important to the movement. So I need you 
uh, I, I was happening before they came into us. I raided Tony Stark's Iron Man out armor, armory, and I found a specific suit that he made for you like a long time ago, and I refitted it. Now, I don't know how you, how many of you guys know this, but back in the 90s, uh, Steve Rogers had like some kind of – his super soldier serum was breaking down. So Tony Stark made him an Iron Man Captain America outfit. It was the ugliest piece of shit you ever want to see in your life. But and it only lasted for like about two or three issues, stuff like that. But it was a thing in the nineties when it was done, nobody ever heard about it again. That there was a time when Marvel was bleeding money and they did everything they could to try to, you know, save their books and were like, let's turn Captain America to Iron Man. Didn't work. But anyway, that same costume they had finally makes an appearance twenty years later, and Arnold Mazzotta has, you know, pimped out it to make it look like a Hydra cap outfit. And he the the shards of the cosmic cubes they have left, he uses the cosmic cube to power the suit. So Captain America basically has the power of a god in an Iron Man outfit with, you know, his shield. And he just pretty much, you know, the, the Avengers try to fight him like that. He's pretty much laughing at him, fl- uh, snaps his fingers, and they all disappear. And he pretty much rewrites reality and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, that was easy. And, you know, he's rewriting the Washington Capitol where it was remade in Hydra's image and stuff like that. But there's only one guy left that didn't get taken out. And the one guy, Sam Wilson, you know, Captain Falcon, whatever like that. He happens to have the last sliver of the cosmic cube left in his hand, and that's the reason he wasn't wiped out of reality because he has a shard left. But that one shard is the only thing keeping Captain America from like completely rewarping reality and becoming a complete god and completing the cosmic cube. So uh, Sam looks at Cap, Cap looks at Sam, and Sam starts walking to Cap. Now, now I know I know you guys remember this. Remember that scene in Infinity Gauntlet where Captain America was staring down Thanos and was walking towards him. Okay. okay. Do you remember that? Okay. I would have. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, it's a classic iconic scene. But anyway, they pretty much mirror that scene panel for panel. Like I said, I even used it. I'll even look at the same panel and everything in that panel in the same way. So you got Sam walking up to Cap the same way Cap walked up to Thanos in Infinity Gauntlet. When instead of, you know, Captain, you know, Thanos and Captain America trying to throw a punch at Thanos or like that, uh, Sam kneels to Cap and says, Hill Hydra and gives him the shard. Like that's it. You're like, oh, what? thanks, Sam. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you got one more thing for me also. Oh, yeah, yeah, my shield. Yeah, you had that too. Like, okay, that's easy. But it was all a trick. It was all a trick. The trick was Scott Lane, you know, Ant-Man, Scott Lane, and Bucky shrunk down to microscope level or whatever like that and planted himself in that, in that cosmic cube shard that Sam had. And when it was completed – they pulled out the girl that was inside of the cosmic cube that started this whole bullshit to begin with. That little uh, cubic in, you know, embodiment of the cosmic cube. They pulled her out. And since Bucky was able to bring her back, you know, she was able to like, no, okay, yeah, I've been brainwashed by the Red Skull the entire time. Now I complete, I can reboot this shit all the way back to the way it was before. So she snaps her fingers, retcon everything the way it was before. Captain America Iron Man suit goes dead because it has nothing left to power it. And down on top of that, she brings back the original Captain America, the Captain America that is good and true and also like that, the one, you know, our cap that right there. So the real cap is standing there, Hydra cap and, you know, Captain America, you know, good cap looked at Hydra cap. He like, get that shield that belongs to me. And Hydra cap looks at him. Well, you're welcome to come over here and take it from me if you want, you know, and then, you know, bam, they get into it. They're fighting, you know, but they're Captain America. So they matching each other and blocking each other, stuff like that. And, you know, and Bucky was about to go run to the fight. And, you know, Sam's like, no, you got to let him finish this. It's between those two. 
I don't, I don't know why the fuck the Avengers don't just rush them, but whatever like that. So you got this big ass fight going on, stuff like that between them two. And they both pretty much exhausted and stuff like that. But then they both turn around and they see Thor's hammer laying on the ground. They're like, oh shit. Okay. So, you know, Captain America has the power to lift Thor's hammer, but you know, Hydra Cap lifted Thor's hammer early in like one of those free comic book days, whatever like that. So he runs over, grabs the hammer. Well, he tries to grab the hammer, but he can't lift it. You're like, why the fuck can't I lift the hammer? I lifted the hammer like a, a couple months ago. Why am I not lifting now? So he's struggling, can't lift the stuff like that. But the reason he can't lift the hammer, because one of the Hydra agents, like months ago when he did it, they warped the reality. made him think that, well, made reality seem like Hydra was the good guys and they were pure. So it made it seem like it was good. But since the girl, the Cuban code girl, whatever like that, made reality the way it is now, he realized he's not worth the hammer. So the real cap uh, says, uh, let me help you out since you can't lift the hammer. Picks up the hammer like it ain't shit and start beating the fuck out, you know, Hydra can, you know, with Thor's hammer, you know, and that's pretty much the end of the fight right there. You know, one good smack and he's just down like that. And then now Cap got his shield back. Cap got Thor's hammer. And he was like, you know what, Sam, you can have the shield back. So like I said, it belongs to you. I don't belong to him anymore. And then he got the hammer. He sees Thor's hammer in his hand. He's like, you know what? And you can have this too. So he throws the hammer and guess who catches it? Jane Foster. Thor? Who? Jane Foster. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're still trying to make her a thing. So <laughs> so she catches the hammer and she turns back into, you know, she Thor, female Thor, whatever the fuck they call in the comics now. Because, uh, you know, other Thor is not, he's still not worthy, you know. So, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, he tries to apologize to everybody. Man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blah, 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 do all this. Like, no, Steve, it's okay. We understand, you know. So even though, you know, the the Cosmic Cube girl, you know, brought reality back to where it was, all the destruction that Hydra did, she left the same. It didn't change the way it was before. Everybody that died doing uh, Secret Empire stayed dead. So Rick Jones, still dead. Black Widow, still dead. Bruce Banner, still dead. None of them came back, you know. So she wanted to say, so you can remember what happened through this. Wait, they, wait, 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 wait. They, they, they killed Bruce Banner again? I think they did. Oh, cause he, because he died during, he died during Civil War, right? He did die during Civil War, but I think they brought in the ultimate version and then oh, Cap man. killed him. I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> All right. Somehow Bruce Banner showed up in Civil Empire, but it was like for one issue and nobody really gave a shit what happened to him. So, but anyway, he never came back either. So. Uh, so then Kubik, the Kovic or whatever her name is, she took the, you know, the champions, the, you know, the heroes that nobody likes, the new ones. She took them and brought them back instantly. But at a point, they went on some kind of like journeys like that to renew, which I'm pretty sure Marvel's going to drag this shit out for the next year, whatever like that, what happened to them when they were gone. Uh, and they, they freed the inhumans, you know, the government freed the inhumans saying, you know, we're, you're free to you do whatever you want to. If you want to pressurize the government, let us know. They're like, nah, I just want to get back home, stuff like that. And then, you know, they, but when he goes home, he sees, you know, dying humans, hail Hydra, you know, written all over his house because there was all the hate speech that was going on when, you know, Hydra was taken over. But then the next day when he wakes up, the neighborhood, you know, helps him wash off the, you know, all the derogatory mark names that was put on his house, stuff like that. And he sees his little brother and the neighbor fighting over the Captain America doll. They're like, he took my Captain America doll. Like, I want it back. I'm going to be Captain America. But when they zoom in, the Captain America figure they're fighting over. It's Sam Wilson. Mm. So that was a nice little twist they had right there. So that's pretty much the end of Secret Empire. I try to get through that stuff as fast as possible. And Eli, basically what I think about this is this ending was some bullshit. That's what I think about it. 
They did all this bullshit. Like Nick Spicker spent spent this entire year, maybe the last two years, pissing everybody the fuck off. Not just comic book world, the entire world. Chris Evans was even tweeting him like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know. But he ends it like this. He did. It's two things he said was not going to happen. He said this is the real Cap. Is doing all this bullshit, and this will not be retconned by a Cosmic Cube. It was a fake Cap doing this bullshit. And it was Rick by Cosmic Cube. So he is full of shit with everything he just said on there. So he like. Well, no, yeah, no shit. We, <laughs> and we saw it coming in time. time. Like every, I know when I was telling you the story about what's going on leading up to it from issue six, issue seven, we saw it coming. You know, but we would think like maybe he's going to throw some kind of tra- crazy twist in there that we don't see coming, you know, because it made it seem like that everything that happened doesn't fucking matter. Because at the end of the day, everything that happened was retconned anyway. So nothing fucking matters. And then how are you gonna go through all this bullshit about making Cap evil, making Cap evil, making Cap evil, and then you can have a goody two shoes Cap hop out of nowhere and whoop his ass anyway? You know what would have been a better ending if uh if Sam Wilson beat Cap. That would have been a better ending. You know his protege. Now we know Sam can't beat Cap. We know that because Cap trained Sam, so he knows everything he's gonna do. But what if it was Sam and Bucky fighting Cap? Think about you know at the end of the Civil War movie where Cap and Bucky were beating shit out of Iron Man. What do we saw something like that where Sam and Bucky were like, you know, beating Cap with the shield and they're throwing the shield between each other, tagging each other while beating the fuck out of Nazi Cap, you know. Come on, tell me that shit would have been cool. Sure. Yeah, it would have been or, cool. Or AI Tony Stark, like, got hacked into the suit or some shit. Or yeah, or, you know, something like that. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they built this series up and I was just like, as much as I hated Secret Empire, I'm like, okay. You are you've been pissing me off to the fullest with this story, with everything you're doing with this Nazi bullshit. But if you have a a really good ending to bring this shit home, you know you might win me over. You might say me over. But this shit was so formulaic, so cookie cutter that I saw the ending coming a mile away. It's like you pretty much just destroyed the story because at the end of the day, this story made no point. There was no point to it. You know, I get what they were trying to make it seem like. You know, this was supposed to be evil America, the way America is now, stuff like that, but it feels like Nick Spencer had a story, and I feel like Marvel stepped in, like, okay, all this bullshit you're doing, stop. Give us a real ending, put everything in the back of where it was, because you fucking up, because you know you know, Nick Spencer's gone after this, right? Mm. Yeah, this shit was a debacle, like, uh, like, uh, Chris, not, I, I know you visit your comic shops a lot, right? Um, yes, I do. Okay. How were they saying, like, I don't know if you talk to the comic uh, owners, stuff like that, but how were they saying uh, Secret Empire sales are right now. I, I, I didn't. I really didn't even ask. Okay, no problem. I've, I've been talking to a few comic, you know, shop owners stuff like that, and they say pretty much like Secret Empire had been shit on sale. It isn't moving like they thought it was gonna move. So, like I said, this is like they're saying it's like one of the lowest selling, you know, crossover events they had. Now I put it like this: I do think this series was better than Civil War Two. I mean, it couldn't be worse. Civil War Two fucking sucked. That shit was just, you know garbage fire you know but so at least this gave me some kind of emotion and i think it some of the some there were some events in secret empire that did stick with me even though i did feel like it was a little bit too long for its own good but they did have some good moments but the ending just just fell apart way too formally late way too cliche i'm like you could have made this better so eli do you know who the new writer is going to be for captain america no tennessee coats Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be the writer. So he's gonna be writing. Is, is it because Sam Wilson is is gonna be him? No, you know Sam Wilson. He's gonna be back the Falcon again. 
Okay. Yeah, so Falcon is getting his own solo series. So why yeah. why are they doing that? Why are they oh, doing it's that? It's not gonna last this issue. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who the fuck is gonna buy a Falcon book? <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's what's gonna happen with that. But yeah, Tenny Hooks Colt is actually gonna be writing Steve Rogers. So they give they giving Colts two books. They giving him Black Panther and Captain America. So I'm kind of interested, even though I hate Colts as a damn comic writer, I'm just interested to see what he does with Captain America. Because he's already political as fuck. I mean, he's just showing all kind of stuff in Black Panther, just pissing people the fuck off, you know, with with rape camps and and all this crazy shit like that. So don't tell what the hell he does with Captain America. And it seems like Marvel isn't like toning him down at all. It's just like, just do whatever you want. We don't care, you know. I don't know, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where we go with that one. So yeah, Secret Empire. I'm just I'm just so glad this shit is over, man. This this should have been racking my brain because it's. It feels like it's it's been a, a a comic book that has been taking up the the spotlight from other comic books that I feel like we should have been reading, but because it just seemed like this this must read comic book that we've been been talking about, you know we had no choice but to talk about it because it's been on everybody's turn because we've been trying to see how it's going to end because after this we don't know what what's going to happen to Marvel. It seemed like it was a book that was trying to. To take the shift from the old heroes to the new heroes, but at the end of the day, I think this has been the bigger problem that Marvel has been surfing from to begin with. It's been the book where they shit on the old characters and they're trying to beef up these new characters that people don't like and they keep shoving them down their throats. And this is the exact exact example of that. And for what I'm hearing, no, they're going back to the old ways. They're pretty much going to bring the new guy, like all of them come back, like Banner coming back. You know, I'm pretty sure Black Widow's going to come back probably within two three months. Anyway, Tony Stark's going to come back. You know, all these guys are dead. So, and now, Chris, let me ask you this. Like I said, you haven't been on a podcast. This is your first time coming on the podcast. How do you feel about the new characters versus the old characters? How do you feel about Marvel's direction? You know, because it's been a it's been a hot topic lately. Um, I I'm not a big fan of what they're doing right now. Uh, I feel like probably the right direction would be uh, to go ahead and start with some new characters. Uh, I mean, like new characters. When I mean, like if you're gonna eliminate like Thor as being Thor, you want to make a female Thor. I think it's kind of go another direction. We're going to get rid of the old ones. Yeah, I guess they they could do that. I mean, it's but here's the thing. But they really haven't gotten rid of the old characters. I mean, because the thing Thor is still around. He's just in a different way. You know, he's Odin's son. You know, he doesn't have the hammer. He has like some kind of weird sword or something like that. Um, trying to think who else. Spider Man is still around. Like you got Miles Morales, but you still have Peter Parker still around. Also, you know, well, so, they still banner out. So, and, and but the Hulk is Asian now. Uh, yeah, 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 and Banner's dead. So <laughs> okay, so that's that's that thing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, Iron Man now is Iron Heart, right? A female Iron Man, right? Yeah, like you that. know what? You know what, Chris? Have Have you been reading Riri or know anything about Riri? No, because uh-uh. I think I think Riri was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think that's that was the tipping point right there. Because I think everything else up until that point, you can kind of defend like, no, 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 let, let's see what Marvel does you know, with Asian Hulk and female Thor and Black Captain America and you know all the stuff like that. You can kind of see, it. but when they had black female teenage Iron Man, they're like, okay, okay, look, Marvel, you going too fucking far with this shit. Plus, I read the Riri comics. She's a terrible character. I'm sorry. I'm going to just say it. I don't give a fuck what y'all think about me. I'm going to just say it. She tell you, first off, she's a Mary Sue. She's the definition of a Mary Sue. 
She's the teacher's pet. She has no flaws whatsoever. She can figure out anything. She has no fucking training on anything. She can work like she, uh, she has no character flaws. Like everybody just falls in love with when they see her. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Like she has no character flaws. She's not an interesting character. I'm like, if you're going to make a new character and give her the book, make her interesting. Give her some kind of flaws. Don't make her perfect. Don't make her super smart. You know, and I'm just like, I don't I, I don't want to see these Mary Sue characters in these books. She doesn't get hurt. She doesn't get affected at all. I'm like, she's just a terrible character. But at the same time, Marvel is shoving her down the throat. And what's really bad is that she was announced like about three or four months before she even appeared in a book. You know, Marvel had all over USA headlines and all over ABC. It's like, oh, we have black female teenage Iron Man, you know. But she wouldn't even in the book. Like, at least if you're going to introduce stuff like that, at least put it in the book first. You know, let the readers and the people that know her gravitate to her and see what they think about her. And if they like her, then move forward with that, you know. But now, nah, like Chris, like I said, it's the first time you've been on a podcast. But at the same time, I kind of I kind of see Marvel's angle of this. I kind of see what Marvel's angle of this. Because, like I said, they're behind the eight ball. Now, yeah, and you know this. But like I said, you have pretty much a black comic book. And you know the need necessary you know the necessity of having an all-black comic because there's a lack of represent, representation in the big two, you know. And all of a sudden, they're trying to play catch-up. You know, they've been going, like, for these decades with very few black people in these books, very few co- people of color or even women with actual personality in these books at all. But now they're trying to play catch-up. But they know that if they make an original minority color uh, character, nobody's going to read it. i give you an example. Uh, Christian, uh, what do you think about Mosaic? Don't know that is. Exactly. <laughs> That's my whole point right there. So everybody keeps saying, why are you taking our characters? Why don't you make your own characters? Why don't you give them your own books? Well, when Marvel does that stuff, nobody buys it. Mosaic it, it has a black creative team. He's a black superhero. He has a black cast. He's a brand new character that is not a race change, a gender swap, anything like that. And nobody is reading it. It's Marvel whole point. When they do make new characters, nobody reads it. Nobody bothers it. So if they want to have what, diversity, what, what don't did Mosaic do? What was his power? Uh, he's an inhuman. He can jump from body to body and stuff like that. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's a former. So he's an inhuman. inhuman. Yeah. <laughs> he's an inhuman. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's, well, that's why. That's why no one gave a shit. <laughs> Strike one right there. It's actually too late to be. Um, trying diversity, I think it's actually too late. It's, it's, it's really hard to change what they've done. I mean, like the characters are what they are, and changing. Because I'm not a big fan of changing, you know, changing of races, and even in the movies and stuff. I'm, I'm not a big fan because I feel like it should have been done a long time ago. They should have had a lot more diversity a long time ago, and I think it's just really actually too late for them to do it. Well, so what you say, they should just, you know, leave everybody just straight white males and just leave it alone? I, I, I actually think that's the direction to go. In case they can, uh, in case they do something new, like, I mean, like, do away with the characters that are now and start, start anew. That's the only way I can think of them being able to uh, put the diversity in there. Uh, and well, here, here's a question. No, I think no, go ahead. we honestly have to have. A, a, you, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of 
the black superheroes that are in the Marvel and DC universe. Never been, even when I was younger, I always gravitated towards Spider-Man, Wolverine. I thought those ones were Batman. I thought those characters were better. You, now, you know what? I, I, I agree with you. I think me and Eli talked about this earlier. Yeah, because for one thing, the black characters like back in the 80s and 90s, they were poorly written for one thing. Yeah. And they were like easy. They were stereotyped. Like Luke Cage was a stereotype, you know. Or when Falcon did show up, he was a plot device. You know, he was only there to, you know, talk about the urban community and crime in the urban community. Or he was there to make it a point of affirmative action, but he wasn't really a real character, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, but I, I completely agree with you on that. Just a bunch of characters that maybe, I mean, not a bunch, but there was a few black characters, but they really weren't, you know, really cool. They really weren't. I, even Black Panther, I, he's grown on me since the movies, but I wasn't a fan of him neither. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, well, here's a here's a question for you, Christian. Um, just, I mean, not that being a you know, you're a creator of your own book, and you know, your book is about black characters. Is there a challenge trying to market it because of that, or do you think it's, uh, you know, are you trying to? Is that a direction you want to go? Like, hey, I'm trying to represent black people or anything, or is this just? Or is it just you want to make a cool book or whatever? I want to make a cool book. Uh, I, 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 it's for everybody. Black mm-hmm. characters are, uh, it, it is more of a black universe. One of the things is uh, me being a kid and everything like that, uh, when I was a kid, I went in here and I remember there was no character for me to really, I mean, you know how we go out there and we go out and play and I'm Spider-Man, you're Wolverine, he's Superman, he's that. There was just no black characters to gravitate towards them and say, well, uh, I'll be Black Panther or Falcon. We picked the ones that were really cool, like the ones that were with Spider-Man and all of them were the great ones. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I, that's what I want to be able to do today, to be honest with you, uh, to have kids of color basically say, I want to be Shadowgazer or I want to be... Uh, Mean Street. I want to uh, to, uh, to know that there are some really cool black characters out there, and um, want to be you know just uh, envy some of the characters of color. That's all you know. Right. That's, that's and, and, I, and I guess original characters, not you know, you know, painted over versions of characters that already exist. You know. Yeah. Yes. Not exactly. not black Superman. Yeah. Right. Black and that that's the yeah. shit I hate, man. I get sick of that yeah. shit. Black Superman, black Wonder Woman. I'm like, come on, man. We can do better than that. Like, I'm, I'm sick of motherfuckers always bringing up Nubia and shit like that. Nubia was a fucking character, like, in two issues back in the 70s. They're trying to make her think, oh, when are they going to make a movie about Nubia? What do you fuck you know about Nubia? She's just black Wonder Woman. That's all. They even made her black Wonder Woman because Denny O'Neill said to shut people up <laughs> so they could have it for diversity. So, like, why do you even want a character like that in the comics, you know? Let's think of original characters like, like Chris is trying to do original characters in sale now like i said we got mosaic which will probably be canceled in two months if they're not canceled already but at the same time just because you know we should still keep pushing for diversity because there is a market for it there's a market for it there is the, there are more comic book readers than just straight white males you know right mm-hmm. so right. you should have the market for everybody that's out there you know yeah i just believe that in the marvel and dc i, I believe that hard to come up with a new character going up against Batman, Superman, going up against Spider-Man, X-Men, and all that. It's, it's really hard because who's going to stop buying Spider-Man? Who's going to stop buying Wolverine? You know well, what I'm saying? Well, they're not buying them now. That's that's kind of the point. 
that's happening with comic books right now. That's that's kind of another reason why I kind of do see Marvel and DC's point because let's face it, the comic book industry is in a slump right now. The numbers that keep going down, 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 down. And you can it's not because of diversity because when they kept the characters the same way they were before, the numbers were still slipping. So what they start doing is they they try to make a gambit. They thinking if we do you know make a woman here and a black person here and an Asian person here, maybe the audience will gravitate to those characters. Problem is it didn't. All the Riri Williams fans they don't give a fuck about the Iron Man comics. They didn't buy one single fucking comic book. They're like, oh, let me know when the movie comes out. They don't gravitate to the comic book. Same thing with Asian Hulk. They didn't get more people reading Asian comic books. So what they're doing is alienating the fans they do have, not bringing in new fans, and the books are still slipping. And then you got bullshit like Nazi Cap going on. Like, Nazi Cap is way worse than any diversity shit they have going on right there. Which, that's the shit I don't understand. They hate diverse characters, but they love Captain America the Nazi. Like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? That didn't make any sense right there. Well, I think what you were basically saying is, is the real point of why comics are sliding right now is, to be honest with you, bad writing. I believe that a lot of the stuff is really bad. I mean, they continue to do Civil War. Why would you do a Civil War too? You know? A cash grab, right. That's all it was. We we know what it was. It's, I just feel like the most of the stuff that Marvel and DC are on right now, are, they're making money on movies. TV series and stuff, I think the comic book stuff is just really slipped because of bad writing and bad artwork for real too as well. Yeah, I, I think Marvel and DC, since they're so concerned about the movie right now, they treat the comic books like a like a uh, R and D department. You know, mm. let's just throw shit in the comic book, see what works. If it works, you know, take it to the movies. If not, start back over again. But they really think the comics that I ever thought, like like I said, you know, when we all read comics in the eighties and nineties. They took that shit super seriously. Like back right. in the 80s, like when Alan Moore, Frank Miller, you know, uh, those guys were writing literature. You know, they were winning bestseller awards and stuff like that just off comic books. That was it. You're not going to win any awards off Secret Empire. It's not going to happen. You know, they don't give a fuck anymore about this shit. So right. it, it's like that. You're right. They're not taking the medium as seriously as they did before then because these guys weren't even thinking – when Alan Moore wrote Watchmen, he, uh, making a movie was the last thing on his mind. He was just writing a story for then right there, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Which is almost why I kind of didn't like the movie of Watchmen, because they tried to translate a movie that wasn't supposed to be translated to a movie to begin with, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I said, we had some good conversation there, but I got one more thing to talk about that. Like, like I said, I know you're trying to uh, Kristen, do you think because of the issues, like I said, DC and Marvel are having right now, because like I said, the, the issues and numbers are slipping, do you think that is affecting the indie comic scene in any way? Like helping or hurting you in any way? Um, I feel there's an opening. It's a matter of honestly uh, uh, getting a break of uh, people reading your comic and getting a chance to uh, try something new. I feel there's an opening for indie comics, but once again, it, it, it could be hurting in the sense of the big two are really slipping. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay promising and saying that, uh, honestly, there's an opening for one of the indie comics to get in there and uh, do well. Yeah. Well, I think you you have an advantage right now, Christian. Like I said, because since social media does exist, you have a way to get your you know your art out there that you didn't have a chance you know twenty years ago, ten years ago, maybe even five years ago. So, like I said, if we didn't have social media, I never would have heard you. You know, 
I, I see no way that your books all the way in Pennsylvania could have made it down to Mississippi. I don't know how. Maybe you could have got it out there. I don't know. But like I said, social media was able to bring that out there for you. And hopefully, you know, your you know, your book can hopefully get out there to somebody else that's listening to this podcast. You know, make them interested in what's going on. Because like I said, the link will be involved in there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Something needs to be done because I'm I'm seeing a tailspin right now. Like I said, you get all of these events going down. Their numbers slipping down, and I feel like every time Marvel's numbers slip down, that does have a dramatic effect on the industry in general. I think it hurts everybody, you know. So hopefully they can bounce back from this. And and their, their issues are bigger than diversity. It's bigger than diversity. It's like you said, Christian. It's bad writing and it's bad art. They're not taking the shit seriously like they used to. I don't know who's in charge, but yeah, they need to do something with that. So, uh, shit. Do we have anything else to uh, talk about? No, I don't think so. Chris, anything else you want to add? Anything anything you want to get up shit? I don't care. Just whatever you got. Uh, last thing I was going to say about that uh, writing is pretty much is yeah, as they say with the same characters, what? How many Spider-Mans are there now? How many Hulks are there? I mean, it's just... That's right. And another thing you said, like, like, what stories are left to tell with these guys? Like, is there a Spider-Man story you can tell that hadn't been told? Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And so, and I, I think that's the trouble they're running to right now. They pretty much the only thing they can do with these characters now is just turn them evil. Like, yeah, people are pissed off about Captain America being a Nazi, but is it really that different from Superman and Injustice? I mean, it's it's almost the same thing. And that's that's the only thing they can do with the characters. If you can't do anything with them, make them evil, you know. And how many times are you going to tell that story? Eventually, that shit gets old too, you know. Right. Hey, well, I think even in the, I think DC is making Batman evil now or something like that. Well, we, me and Eli will talk about it next oh, week. They, like they have evil. There's just evil Batman coming. Oh, a bunch of evil <laughs> Batman. Yeah. A bunch of demon Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when in doubt, make a bad guy, make a good guy, bad guy, you know, and it, like, I don't know. Is they following too many trends and they're not even worried about making good, compelling stories anymore like that. I just want the comic medium to like take the shit seriously. Man. That's all again. Get a good writer in here. And, you know, write a good story that makes you sit back and think, not a a headline grabber that's going to piss me off at the end of it. And then don't even follow through with it and, you know, show the balls you did 10 months ago. Don't, you know, don't don't do a story like that. Secret Empire, Nick Spencer. Fuck Nick Spencer, man. I'm I'm just saying, fuck him. Anyway, uh, I got nothing else to say. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'm I'm so glad I'm done talking about Secret Empire. I don't talk about this shit no more. This shit is drain me emotionally well, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, like I said this is the comic book bully podcast thank you everybody for listening uh, I want to thank Christian for coming on got a chance to you know join in on the conversation and add his input and tell us about his books we do have other podcasts in the con- uh, in the group also we have Eli's podcast Geek Savs uh, we have this Geeks and Comics which I think is recording right now we'll probably have an issue up uh, tomorrow we have Get Valiant Eli make sure I get this right Instruments of Destruction? That's right. Fist pump. Got it. <laughs> uh, we also got Hoodoo TV, and I'm pretty sure I'm missing one, but whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? Comic Cast. I'm missing Comic Cast. Yeah, that's the other one. Uh, like I said, that is all the podcasts we have. If you listen to it this far, you made it this far, definitely like, listen, and describe, uh, subscribe, share it, you know, uh, let everybody know you're listening, try to get the word out on there. I want to thank everybody for, you know, uh, you know, listening to the, the bully cast beatdowns. We have a few of those in a thousand views already. They're getting shared left and right. So definitely love that. Until then, like I said, we have self plugged enough. This is Leroy. This is Eli. 
And <laughs> there you go, Chrissy. You got on already. That's a fast one. Okay. And we will talk to you later. Keeping up with the I'm back at it, man. The one and the only mad scientist flow. In the laboratory on some Franken rhyme shit. <laughs> Bring shit to life on them. Call me your worst nightmare. Watch the birds take flight, take light. Every verse I air. Guaranteed I deliver it hot. Like what? Dominoes, feet up, chilling in your spot. Dominoes, meaning leave, beat it. You can see that he's heated. And the S feel the same. That's why we remain seated. Yeah. Keep the lab dusty like the day after D-Day. Spiders die of old age here and we stay. You all like Colombian white. Stay buzzing, eh, cousin? Ain't nothing. All my numbers is right. We're dragging from the dungeon of rap. Dark flames set free, truthfully These MCs are lame and they should be illegal Like fucking Adam Bonegal I got the ego of evil Knievel You weak and feeble, I'm Petey Siegel If he was one of the Beatles and possessed the DNA in Magneto So fuck, fuck your people <laughs> You know what? Uh, we need to rein in the czars In fact, how do you negotiate with those guys in good faith? How do you have a dialogue with those guys? How do you reach out to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Eddie Brock and Peter Parker And we go rock black till they make something darker And we back to building inside the Baxter building Private location, dice, no hibernation No Michael Myers or Jason Your Highness the Great One took the head off the live as the brave ones Lord of the underground, dumb in the mouth With the crowd of a hundred thou, bound to the sound The archangels sing, the God's name will ring Frontliners upon is what made him king INS do it to death, like the rulers exact Who's next? Who's foolish to test? Who's stupid or fest? They better Google the yes. If opportunity presents, we coming through to your west, huh? Beautiful mess, huh? Do to your chest, huh? This a Marvel team up. Who are the guests? Nah, <laughs> not you. You don't know. Not you either. Just a spark, though. Just a spark, though. Check for any rebel material. Teaming up with...